I'm going to speak on uh, this thought, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because everybody's life is either in a Friday, it's a Saturday, or a Sunday. And so we're going to look at Juan and Rebecca Brajas, I love you guys so much. We are going to look at how Jesus spent Good Friday when he hung on the cross, because some of our lives, metaphorically speaking, are in a Friday. And then we're going to look at what happened on Saturday before he rose on Sunday. Saturday was very significant. So again, metaphorically speaking, some of our lives are in the middle of a Saturday right now. And then Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. That's when he came out of the grave. Some of our lives are in a Sunday right now. So let me unpack it. Let's just think about Friday first. Matthew chapter 27, verse 7. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown, put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick in his hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him in the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took, him, they took off the robe and put on his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. See, Friday represents setbacks in progress. Friday represents setbacks in progress. Jesus' ministry had been going on for three years. Literally, multitudes are following him all the time. Multitudes of people. Uh, whenever he fed 5,000 with a few fish and a few loaves, that wasn't bring a friend Sunday. That, those crowds were following him every single day. They were following him around. So his ministry was at the pinnacle. Now all of a sudden, everything seems to be gone in a flash. He starts losing his closest friends. His family, in the book of Mark chapter 3, you don't need to turn there, but in the book of Mark chapter 3 verse 21, his family shows up and says, ignore his teaching, he's lost his mind. So his family, his friends, and keep this in mind, many of you are familiar with the event of the crucifixion, but they, he was naked during the beating. The amount of humiliation that he's experiencing. Just a few days ago, they were hailing him king. It was Palm Sunday and they were celebrating him. Now it's Friday. And he's losing everything. See, Friday is the day where all of your progress that you have been working towards begins to stall out. It's a setback. Everybody say a setback. One, two, three. Setback. A setback. So when you experience a setback, it's, it's when somebody who is, is promised 
to never leave you or forsake you, all of a sudden they found a better way. And they leave. Uh, a Friday is when the body that you were born with, you grew up with, it begins to fail you. A Friday is when things are falling apart. When you've gone on the 27th job interview and you still haven't found a job. That is a Friday. Sometimes a Friday can last a day. Sometimes it can last a week. Sometimes a Friday can last a year. Sometimes I talked to somebody last night. We had an Easter service last night. I talked to them in the lobby. They said, we've been in this Friday for 10 years. Fridays can last a long, long time. And then there's Saturday. Saturday is just a little bit better than Friday. Not much. See, Saturday is, though that particular day is, is the day where um, you're in between defeat and victory. You're in between it. Uh, it. You haven't lost anything that day because you've already lost it. You're, you're, you're not experiencing defeat and you're not experiencing victory. You're somewhere in between. We will spend most of our life in the in-between. I'll illustrate. How many of you have dirty clothes, laundry in a basket somewhere at your house? Say yes. Right now, say yes. yes. Look at the person next to you and say, I can't quite hear you. <laughs> if you have clean clothes in a closet, in a drawer, at home, somewhere, say yes. yes. So you have dirty clothes right now. You have clean clothes right now. It's somewhere in between. How many of you have dirty dishes either in the sink, on a counter, next to your bed? <laughs> right now, say yes. How many of you have clean dishes and clean silverware in your house? Say yes. yes. How many of you have made, are making more money right now than you did 20 years ago? Say yes. yes. Someone say, thank God. <laughs> How many of you expect to be making more money in the next 5 to 10 years? Say yes. yes. You're in between. You're in between. You're making more money than you used to, but you're not making as much as you are anticipating making. How many of you were a lean, mean, fighting machine when you were a teenager? Say yes. How many of you anticipate being healthier than you are right now at some point in the future? Say yes. Not today, though, because we got to eat cobbler. Your health is somewhere in between. It's not as good as it used to be. It's not as good as it's going to be. It's in between. Our marriages, in between. <laughs> Someone said, no, no. Don't go there. Don't go there. We're having a good day. We've had, we've had rough times. We anticipate it getting better. We're right in between. We spend most of our life in the in-between. Now, Peter and the disciples, you know what they did on Saturday? They were so disappointed in Jesus. They were so disappointed in what was going on. They stopped preaching. They stopped worshiping. They didn't go to the temple. They went back to doing what they were doing before they ever committed their life to Jesus. They just went back. They went back to fishing. And a lot of people on Saturdays 
are so disappointed that Friday ever happened. They're disappointed that they're in the middle of a Saturday. And they're mad at God because of it. There's oftentimes I see people that haven't been worshiping and praying in their car like they used to. They used to pray in their car. Now they're, they're a little bit angry, a little bit mad. Fridays and Saturdays are usually short of answers. These are Saturdays. You know, Saturday is, um, is the between the defeat and the victory. But I'll tell you this, honor is found between no longer and not yet. The people that you honor most, you honor them because what was no longer, it's no longer in their life, but they're not yet completely over it, but they're fighting the good fight in the middle and you honor them because of that. Am I right? Am I right? That's where honor is. Honor is found in the fight. We have a hard time honoring people who quit in the middle of the fight. Am I right? Say yes. It's hard to honor people like that. It's hard to honor them. It's difficult to honor them. But the people that grit their teeth, it, it's, it's, it's not, they're not where they were and they're not where they're going to be, but they're gritting their teeth. Their miracle hasn't come yet. They're waiting for it. The bad event happened. But the miracle hasn't come yet. They're, they're waiting. You're waiting for the job. Saturdays are tough. The only way to get through a Saturday is to keep your eyes on Sunday. You got to keep saying to yourself, Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. Sometimes Sunday is a month away. Sometimes it's a year away. Sometimes it's tomorrow. You don't know when Sunday's coming, but you got to tell yourself, God is the God of answers. He's the one that supplies. He's the one that opens up doors for me. He is the one. And you say those things back to him and you worship and you pray. And you tell him things. In James 4, 8, it says, if you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. And you say, God, I thank you. I'm praying. You're coming close to me right now. In James 5.16, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You say, God, I'm praying as fervently as I know how to pray. It availeth much. These are Saturdays. Hebrews 11.6, God rewards those who diligently seek Him. You say, God, I'm, I need you to reward me. Get me out of this Saturday. He'll either pull you out or He'll walk through it with you. One way or another, you're coming through. Someone say Yes. The interesting thing about Fridays is sometimes we call Fridays failures. But when we look back over our life, those failures, some of them become our favorite failures. Because we know that if that failure would have never happened, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Does anyone have a favorite failure? I, I, I know people that they went through a season, it almost killed them. They cried all the way through it, but they look back on it and they say, thank God it happened, otherwise I wouldn't be where I am right now. Is, am I talking to anybody? Am I talking to anybody? Somebody needs to go home and journal your favorite failure. The day that you thought everything failed was actually the day where everything turned. You know, in order to get through a Friday, you have to stay focused on a Saturday. Your life will never be the same but it will be better. Did you hear me? 
Once a Friday comes and goes, it'll never be the same. Jesus was never the same again. He was better. Whatever your Friday did to you, you might be in the middle. Saturday, Sunday will be better. But you have to stay focused on Sunday, otherwise you'll never get through Saturday. Let me illustrate. Uh, I've got uh, something I want to illustrate this point with because focus and what you focus on is, is paramount. Um, but I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. All of a sudden, everybody starts hiding underneath. <laughs> Come on, brother. That's what I'm talking about. What's your name? Josh. Josh. Have we ever met before? Uh, we've shook hands a few times and hugged in the hallway. Perfect. All right. Well, then we're buddies then. <laughs> this is what... I love this. I've, I've been preaching for 20 years. I've never had somebody raise their hand for a volunteer. and I, They have no idea what I'm going to ask them to do. I love you. He sat on the front row saying, I'm going to raise my hand if he asks for a volunteer. <laughs> Come on. Hey, who are you? Do you have a friend? Somebody get out a camera. Someone get out a camera. Why not you? Yeah. Don is your wife? All right. Come up closer. I want you to take a picture of him. Hey, come up here. Come up here. We're going to take a really cool picture. All right. That's actually better. That's actually better. Josh, right? All right. Obviously, we don't. No, I haven't been able to prepare you for this. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take this broom and I want you to balance it. On your fingertips. Okay. How many of you think he can do it? All right. Focus on the 25% that raised their hand. All right. Go ahead. You nailed it, brother. You nailed it. You nailed it. Charles, come on up here, brother. Come on up here. Let me see you do it. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, bro. Cody, come on up here, brother. Cody's like, I'm never sitting on the front row again. Look at that. Look at that. You're a beast. Not because you got an awesome beard, because you're a beast. Come on up here, Sheldon. Sheldon, Sheldon and his wife have been leading our, our youth ministry, and they have just been crushing it. You can use one finger, two fingers, but uh, just balance it. Bang! Bang! All right, one more, one more, one more, one more, more. Yeah, come on up here. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many people think he can do it? Raise your hand. Now look at all the hands. <laughs> your wife wants you to practice, huh? Hey, where's his eyes? Where's his eyes? I didn't hear you. Watch again. Where's his eyes? Give him a round of applause. I can pull people up here all day long. Every single person that does it 
will put their eyes at the top of that broomstick. Every person that met it drop had their hand down. We know instinctively where our eyes are supposed to go. Instinctively we know. That's why it says in Psalms chapter 21, verses 1 and 2, I look to the hills where my help comes from. If you're going to get through a Saturday, if you're going to get through a Friday, some people stay there their entire life. But if you're going to get through it, you better get your eyes up or you'll stay there for the rest of your life. Sunday is the day when what you have been waiting for and what you've been believing for happens. So we started this church 13 years ago, my wife and I. For those of you that haven't met my wife, come on up here, Allie. Come on, come on, come on. She hates it when I do this. This is my wife. There you go. She did great. (laughs) We started the church with her, myself, and our daughter. Three people. And that was it. Three other people we didn't know showed up, and that's who we had church with. That was when Saturday started. And Saturday was a long day because I'm saying, God, I've been speaking for 20 years. I don't want to have that same old church. There's, you know, there's 71 churches in the woodlands. So if you don't like us, you have plenty of options. (laughs) But I've been telling the Lord, I don't want to have a church just like the other 71 or the other 50,000 in the country where you walk in, you have four songs, offering, preaching, everybody leaves. I'm done with that. I don't want to do it. It's nauseating me. I'm done with it. In Mark chapter 16, it says, These signs shall follow those who believe. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Where's the miracles at? It's been bugging me for, for, for years. In James 5.15, it says, And this prayer, the prayer of faith, will heal the sick and the Lord will make them whole. And if you've sinned, he will forgive you of your sins. I'm saying, where are the healings? Where are the miracles? Years going by. And then all of a sudden, last November, we're interviewing somebody named Micah Gamboa so we can raise money for her ministry, Elijah Rising. That's a sex trafficking ministry. She falls over in cardiac arrest during our first service and dies. She comes back to life. The very next week, I go to Brazil. And I'm sitting down with this guy named Randy Clark, and I said, I don't expect you to have the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Why did that happen? How many have a bucket full of whys that they're taking to heaven with them? Right? I'm just about to throw it in the bucket. He goes, I believe that your church is supposed to heal people because if somebody can come back to life on a, on a stage, I believe that everything else is easy after that. So he told me that in Brazil. And so I started looking for people to pray for in Brazil to find out if it was going to be true. Because usually like one out of a hundred would get healed. People were getting healed so much I started pulling my cell phone out and asking them what happened. Because so I'm like, Allie's never going to believe this. So I come home to celebration and it continues to happen. Whether I pray for them or not, sometimes it's people sitting in the crowd. Sometimes it's people watching online. Over 200 people have been healed, physically healed in their bodies since November. And absolutely. In, in fact, 
In fact, uh, we just grabbed a small handful and put them on a video. I want to share them with you. Take a look at this. Catch them up on what happened the last time you were here and what you remember about it. Okay, so <laughs> I don't remember anything. Um, I think that was merciful of the Lord, but um, you guys are so gracious to have us here. And so I came up on stage, and before I really got to say anything, I went into cardiac arrest, and so it means that your heart just stops working. Um, obviously stop breathing, all the functions of the body stop, and you essentially die flatlined on stage. And so, obviously, I mean, people are freaking out. My poor husband was watching this happen. Um, but God orchestrated everything. So not only were we in this, in a public place, we were in a church that p- believes in prayer and knows about the, the supernatural. And so he also had a couple people in the audience who had just been trained in CPR, knew about it, like a medical doctor came up, um, did CPR on me until EMS arrived. But um, when you look at the studies, you only have 10 minutes from cardiac arrest to defibrillator, your heart starting again before there's real lasting damage. And so we, long story short, we got into the hospital and all the doctors were preparing my husband like she could be a vegetable when she comes out of this coma. She is definitely going to have brain damage. It's going to be lasting, so just prepare yourself. Um, Well, I came out of the coma early, and much to their chagrin, and they were doing tests on me and everything, and they were like, she's completely fine. So I walked out of there a week later. So... Eu prefiro no água, enxurrada, tá? Mas agora melhorou. E agora você está ouvindo? Um grilo, sei. Mas agora está ouvindo? Melhorou. No joelho é. e nas mãos. Nas mãos. Então, mostra pra gente agora se abaixando. Abaixa a mão agora. Meu Deus, meu Deus. Eu ainda não tenho nenhuma profil vision, mas... It's completely gone. They did it before and after, and it's like a perfect eye, like blood flow all the way through. And there's a chance I might get it back, and I'm not going blind. So I broke both bones in my ankle about a year ago. I have rods and screws in it, and I couldn't move it. I didn't have range of motion, and I was about a four, and now I'm in no pain, and I can't. You can do things you couldn't do. I have an 8-inch rod and 13 screws in this arm, but that's not what I came here today for. Actually, I came just a skeptic. And before you even said anybody with metal, I'd already felt energy and, like, heaviness. Just, like, I couldn't even get up the seat. And I wasn't going to stand up because I I basically said, God, it's not my back, so that isn't you. But it just, this causes range of motion, it causes about six to eight level of pain, but it wasn't today, so I wasn't expecting this to even be an issue, but I just know I'm healed because it was you speaking on anybody with metal, and that was the furthest thing. I wasn't hearing any of the services. I didn't even expect you to talk about this, so. And for the past 25, 26 years, I've had back pain. I've had uh, six surgeries, uh, three stage fusion, and could never touch my toes, but I can today. Pastor Frankie said, okay, I'm going to pray for you again. 
And uh, I remember he said, don't pray. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm praying for you. And I'm, okay. <laughs> and so at, at the beginning of the third prayer, Dale put his hand back on, on my back. And I didn't know until we left, but he said, Desiree, your back was on fire. It was just hot to the touch. And as soon as Pastor Frankie started praying that third time, I just felt like a release, just like a days. So every Sunday, pretty much, I usher at 11 o'clock service. So when Pastor Frankie said, um, if you need prayers or healing, come to the stage. Anybody could help you. So I said, no, nah, I'm shy. I'm not going to go. But all of a sudden, he said, I, I could, he said he could feel something like, I need the person to come on the stage who has a rib pain. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. So I was like, oh my God, he's calling me. So I went to the stage, but I was shy again, so I back off. So when he got off the stage, I caught him off guard. I said, Pastor Frankie, I'm the guy that you called for the stage for the rib pain. I said, um, can you pray for me? He said, sure, sure, he prayed. So he, he hold me like this, and he touched my rib pain on the right. And I felt warm, and I was lost for a few minutes. And... And he said, you know, he went outside the building and I went home. And when I got home, all of a sudden I feel better. So I said, thank you, Lord. I was really healed. You know, I took leap of faith. And God is real. And I said, you know, thank you so much. And Pastor Frankie made an altar call for healing in that service. And I was ready to go. But he changed his process. He made everybody sit down for a little bit, and he started talking about the history since November. 160 people have been healed, etc., and sharing the testimony that sometimes when people were, were getting moved, that things happened. And just as he was saying that, the pain in my back immediately went away. And it hasn't come back. It's still gone today. We invited our young couple, friends of ours, to come to the service, and on Saturday, which was the first time that Dr. Clark was going to be here, they said we might not be able to make it because it was too early for them. And then Dr. Clark's flight got delayed, so they were able to make it. And we were texting, yes, there's time come. And they came and received and learned that night. And the following morning, they decided to watch online on the 1015 service. And while they were watching, they were having their breakfast, and Charlene tells her husband, Mark, when Dr. Clark said, if you haven't been able to do anything with your body because of pain or anything, go ahead and do it now, and you'll see that God has healed you. And she tells Mark, Mark, go do push-ups. <laughs> and this is why Mark is a young man, 30-something, for over five years, he had uh, cysts in his ribs, in both of them, that causes pain and loss of movement. And he had not been able to exercise, do basic things like using his hands to stand up. And he was able to do push-up that, that morning. And... Uh, and then they showed up to the, 11, to the 1145 service, of course, and we talked to them on Friday. And they're so excited because they told me it's still healed and there's no cysts, no pain. And he was putting together his 
working out bench because he's going on. So praise Jesus. So my, I had an injury in my shoulder, my rotator cuff, my labrum were both torn, and they had to disconnect my bicep. They put two screws in my shoulder. This was over a year ago, and I couldn't do this, and I can do it now. <laughs> so I had a range of motion problem. And I have to tell you that last night I had a problem hearing, and I, when I was standing over here and my left ear popped, I, I didn't say I was healed because I wasn't sure. But I'm going to tell you that this morning, as I went outside and I heard the birds for the first time. I, I kept, you know, kind of contending with the Lord, like, are you, are you going to heal this? Like, what's going on here? But it's so minor, I just thought it was going to go away on its own. But you kept saying elbow, elbow, elbow. So I thought, well, fine, Lord, heal me today. So he did. Praise God. It's, I walked in here with pain, and it's completely gone. There's no it. pain at all came the whole weekend and experienced it. I even came up that weekend and I didn't really experience healing, but I was cautiously hopeful yet still somewhat unbelieving of the whole healing thing. Um, so when Pastor Frankie got to me, he just put his hand on my back and asked what, what my issue was. And I just said, I've, I've pain in my back. And he began to pray and Dwayne was behind him praying. And you guys, my back just began to move. And it Frankie looked at me and goes, did you feel that? And I looked at him and I was like, did you feel that? And um, I just swear my back was just, I felt it moving. I, I watched the uh, service when I got home because I wanted to see if you could physically see it moving because it was moving so much. I was just, I was blown away and I was in shock. kind of still am. And um, our God is awesome. And over the years, he's healed me spiritually. He's healed me, healed me emotionally, but I wasn't buying into the whole physical healing thing. So um, I'm buying in now, and I'm so glad I came forward. And I really feel like my purpose today is if you're tempted or stirred or urged that you come forward. And whether you get healing today or not, he sees your faithfulness and he knows your heart. And I didn't get healed the first time, and I don't know why he chose me on Wednesday to work on my back, but he did. Let's all stand to our feet for me, please. Let's give the Lord a standing ovation. You know, my, my heart, over the, as I've been praying over the last few weeks, I came across a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, where it says that God has invited us into partnership with Jesus. And when I read that, I told God, I was like, I, I, I feel like I'm in partnership with you, but I feel like I'm doing more than what you want to do. I, I feel like it's an, an unequal partnership. I'm doing more preaching, and we're doing more programming than you are doing what you do. I want to be in partnership. I want the whole church to be in partnership. I said, I understand my role, but I want your role to get bigger. And what I love about those testimonies, especially the last one, and I, I was able to talk to almost all the people up there, their level of faith was not that high. In fact, they were more critical than they were faith, full of faith. But God understands that we've lived our whole life in environments where we're not seeing miracles. We're not seeing it. We know that He can, we've just never seen Him actually do it. And so when you're in an environment where not everybody's getting healed, 
some people that get prayed for and they don't get healed. Some people get prayed for and they do get healed. But the only thing I'm telling you is people seem to get healed every single Sunday. Every time we pray for people, people are getting healed. And all we are, all I am, is, is the postman. Sometimes people get healed with our prayer partners. Our prayer partners are just they are like the postman. We just deliver the mail. We don't know who God's going to heal and who God's not going to heal. Sometimes he heals a person when they've been praying for weeks and all of a sudden they get healed. We don't know. It's, it's God's plan and we're in partnership with him. Now, if this was a regular Sunday, I'd pull the, sun, the prayer partners down here and let them pray for you because they're so full of faith that miracles happen all the time when they do that. But just last week, something happened for the first time, and I'm very curious to see if it'll happen again today. And it's Easter, so we might as well go ahead and call on God, right? But it's the first time it's ever happened uh, with me. With me. And, and I'd like to see if God wants to do it again. Um, where he begins to heal people without anyone even praying for them. Uh, without you even coming down, he begins to heal you. And so if, if you have a part of your body that is either in pain right now or you, it, it doesn't move right, maybe you've got pins or screws or a metal or, or whatever in your body, I want you to just start moving. And, and I heard from a surgeon that, um, I heard that surgeon say that if you have a back surgery a second time, if you're 30% better, they call that a huge success. Well, let's raise the bar. If you're at least 80% better, then I want you to wave your hands like this. I'm not going to ask you to come down and give the testimony because we don't have time for it. But I want you to wave your hands like this, and I just want you to start moving right now. Start moving your arms, start moving your neck, whatever it is. If it's your knee, if you need to get out in the aisle. And some people, they start, they start feeling warmth, and some people start feeling a tingling, and some people start feeling, um, sometimes they don't feel anything at all. All of a sudden, it's just, it's just, it's just, it works, right? Like, it works. And so let me pray real quick, and, and let's see what the Lord wants to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that your healing presence has been here for, for actively moving for the last few weeks like, like it never has before. We're so thankful and we're so grateful. Lord, I speak right now. Autism be gone in the name of Jesus. I speak to bones in the name of Jesus. Be strong. I speak to veins and nerves and muscles. Be strong. Be whole. Come back to life. I speak to eyes. That your peripheral vision would begin to work properly again. I speak to your retina in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to your ears. I speak to your back. I speak to your vertebrae. I speak to your kidneys. I speak against cancer in the name of Jesus. bones and muscles in Jesus name allow your healing virtue to move through this entire building this entire property in the name of Jesus wherever our children are we'll let your healing virtue move over them in Jesus name now I want you to wave your hands like this if you're experiencing at least an 80% healing in your life I, I want to I know who you are I want to know who you are 
keep moving until you, you and, and don't wave at me. Are you waving your hands? Yes? Say your name real loud for me. Real loud. Tessa? I love Tessa. I married her and her husband. Tessa, come up here. Oh my goodness, wave your hand. She'll be the only one. She'll be the only one to bring up. Just wave your hands at me. Come on, wave your hands at me. You got to give, if you don't give God glory, you're stealing his glory. If you don't give him glory, you're stealing his glory. And it only takes one. The first person to get healed, something something breaks. As soon as one person gets healed, other people start getting healed. So just begin to move in the name of Jesus. Are you waving your arm at me? I need a I need a microphone. I need a microphone. Why tell me what happened or us? Here, hold it close. microphone close and say it a little bit louder. My elbow started burning when we were praying just now. It's gone. It's gone. Give the Lord a standing ovation. I know, I know I'm three minutes over, but, but God's doing something in here. And, I, I, and some of you have been in pain for so long that I don't want you to have to go home the way you are. We don't have time for you to give your testimony, so don't be afraid of that. Uh, are you waving to your hands? Praise God. What's your name? What's his name? Luca. Praise God. Somebody else. Come on, put your hands together for that. That's two. You know, it could just, it, uh, this could just be me, but I feel like there's 10 people in this room. I know that's really far out there. And you may get healed on the way home. I don't know. Maybe you're online and you're watching. Maybe you're in the overflow room. But I feel like 10 people. So I want you to wave your hands over your head if you're starting to feel uh, a healing. You know, that The pain is at least 80% better. Are your hands up? Your hands are moving. Praise God. What's your name? Oh, is that... Is that oh, you should be getting healed. Dr... Winnie, sorry, Dr. Winnie King. Thank you. You're, she's the one that did CPR on the girls. Praise God. Were you waving your arms? Were you waving your arms? Yes? What's your name? Joseph. Joseph. Praise God. That's four. I want you to raise, just wave your hands at me. I really feel like there's ten. In, are you waving your arms? <laughs> What's your name? Linda? Glenda. That's five. I really believe there's ten. I could be missing God. I, I, I'm not, I don't bat a thousand, but I really feel like, praise God. You waving, what's your name? Tammy? Praise God. Give God a round of applause for that. I'm telling you, how many, I lost count. Where are we at? 
six. I feel like the Lord wants to heal 10 people this morning. It's Easter Sunday. This is his day. This is where we give him glory. So we're going to give him glory today. Is your hand up? You got to give God praise by not raising your hands. <laughs> is your hand up? Okay, right here. Yes. Yes. Praise God. Wave him. Wave him. What's your name? Travis. What number is that? Seven. Just keep moving because somebody's next. Yes. Yes. What's your name? Trace. Praise God. That's eight. There's two more people here. I know it. I can feel it in my spirit. I can feel it in my spirit. Before I was a little bit nervous. Now we're at eight. Now I know. <laughs> Come on, Father. In the name of Jesus. Are you waving your arm? Yes. Praise God. Yes. Wave it. Praise God. What's your name? Brian. Praise God for Brian. Is that nine? Somebody's ten. Is it you? Yes. 